Brailcast is made possible with support from Bristol Braille Technology, developers of Canute, the first multi-line Braille e-reader. Visit the website at bristolbraille.co.uk, email inquiries at bristolbraille.co.uk, or call 0117-325-3022. Hello, hello, and a very warm welcome back to Braillecast, your podcast, keeping our fingers on all things Braille. It has been a while, we've taken a bit of a break, uh, but we are back talking about what's going on in the world of Braille and we'd love of course to hear from you so if you've got something you'd like to hear on Braillecast do drop us a line the email address is news at braillecast.com coming up in this episode it is of course National Braille Week in the UK we'll be talking a bit about that the International Council uh, of English Braille have put their call out for papers for next year's General Assembly We'll also be talking about Braille products from toy companies and a Braille calendar, an advent calendar that has become available in the UK. And of course, we'll be looking forward to next month's Sight Village Southeast. That's all coming up this time on Braillecast. So joining us this time on the podcast is my friend in Braille and Braille podcaster, Mr. Matthew Horsball. Welcome back, Matthew. Hiya, Dave. Thanks very much. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be back. Good to have you. So this week is National Braille Week, the 7th to the 13th of October 2019. And uh, we often hear about these days, you know, National Braille Day or National Braille Week. Does anything actually happen? You know, we, we these things seem to be decreed and then not a lot of activity goes on. Yeah, it's easy to forget about them, isn't it? But Royal Blind that run the Royal Blind School and uh, Scottish Braille Press and things like that have released rather a lot of what looks to be quite useful material. They've got PowerPoint presentations and videos and things like that, mainly aimed at schools, I think, to try and raise awareness of Braille. Uh, I would think mostly in primary schools. Yeah, so it's for teachers then. Do you feel like there's a lack of learning resources for people trying to teach and learn Braille? I think it's an important part of history, isn't it? And it's something that gets overlooked because it's a minority thing. There aren't many people in the world that read Braille. But it's important because of the need to include Braille on things, you know, signage and things like that. And so... Yes, I think probably there is a lack of resources and who better to provide the resources than the charities that work with blind people. We heard over the summer that the Scottish Braille Press uh, had discontinued some of their hard copy uh, Braille magazines. Were you aware of that? I was aware of it. I don't actually know how many people read their magazines. Clearly not enough for them to think that it was a viable concern anymore and well I mean maybe it isn't because actually you know a lot of the information that was in these magazines you can probably find on the internet much more quickly than Scottish Braille Press could find it and transcribe it and post it out that's not to say that Braille is a dying form because you could read it on your Orbit reader or your Braille me or your Canute or or whatever Braille display you happen to have available to you at the time. So this package of online support, I mean, it's very, very welcome and it's great work that uh, Royal Blind are doing there up in Scotland to make this material available to teachers and students and uh, supporting uh, professionals. And that's great. But do you think there is a risk that we all kind of get caught up in this digital world of 
well, everybody's, uh, you know, consuming Braille digitally these days when, of course, they're not. You know, some people still want hard copy. Well, it's maybe, but of course, you can still produce hard copy Braille if you need to. Uh, embossers are, well, I wouldn't say cheap now, but secondhand embossers are quite easy to obtain. And so it's quite easy for people to make their own hard copy Braille. There's still a wealth of hard copy Braille through RNIB and, I mean, even Scottish Braille Press, not so much in magazines, but they still have hard copy Braille books available. And so I don't think hard copy is going away. The other thing to say about the Royal Blind resources, they're resources for teachers that are partly digital, but they do also have worksheets to be printed off and given to students. So I don't think the resources from Royal Blind in and of themselves are really focusing on digital Braille. I think it's more about Braille in general and cracking the code and those sorts of activities. And there is, of course, a network of Braille transcription companies up and down the country. If you go onto the Sightline directory and search for Braille transcription, you'll find uh, RNIB and all formats from QAC and and many, many others are able to transcribe material into Braille. The UCAF Directory of Services is also another good place to look. So looking forward to another week of Braille, uh, next year the Google Academy will be playing host to the International Council of English Braille's General Assembly. And that's uh, running from uh, Monday the 11th of May through to the 15th of May. And the call for papers is now open, Matthew. It is, and there's been some really exciting papers in previous conferences, some of them very boring and technical, you know, how the UK managed its switch to UEB. Some of them are very practical. We had a paper, I think, in the last conference about Clovener Press in America and how their Braille transcription production line happened. And some of them are very theoretical. There was a paper that I still refer to, in fact, from several conferences ago, which talked about the relevance of Braille embossers for producing tactile graphics. So they really can cover absolutely anything, as long as it's to do with Braille. And um, really, if you have an idea, then please do submit one. There's a a call for papers on the ICEB website, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. But it's well worth reading that if you think you've got an idea for a paper. And there's a deadline, of course, uh, the 15th of November. You've got to get your submissions in. So do go along and read the submission guidelines. I'm always very interested by the country reports because at the last uh, General Assembly, we heard about the Braille Bounce Initiative. I think this was in Canada where people were, yeah, they were repairing old Braille equipment and putting it back into service, which sounded like a, you know, a really fantastic effort. And then I think in the Antipodes, they were doing some Braille camps, like Braille retreats. You could go away for a weekend Mm. and brush up on your Braille music and that kind of thing. So I'm always fascinated to hear about some of those initiatives to really invigorate Braille and get people enthusiastic again and using Braille and Braille equipment. So it's going to be well worth a listen when it comes along next May. But if you'd like to be in the mix and at the Google Academy as a speaker, then uh, yeah, go to the ICB website and uh, put in your submission. It is worth saying as well that it is as a speaker when you say a paper, it, it is a paper, but there will be an expectation that you'll present the paper if it's successful. It's probably also worth pointing out that because it's in London, if you're listening in the UK and you want to just come along for the ride as an observer, 
we don't know the full details yet, but there will be observer places available. You'll have to fund your train ticket down, but it should be fun. So speaking of Braille equipment, somebody who keeps their finger on the pulse with Braille equipment is none other than Jackie Brown. Now, you might remember Jackie Brown a couple of years ago released a book, uh, Braille on Display, where she attempted to effectively describe in great detail the refreshable Braille displays that are currently on the market. And uh, Jackie's book, Braille on Display, has now been updated. So the uh, Braille on Display 2020 edition is available from Mosin Consulting. Did you read the first edition, Matthew? I don't think I did, although I seem to remember bits about it. So whether there was a sample version of it that I I read, but it had amazing reviews. People really seemed to like the style that she had. And uh, apparently it really goes into a lot of detail about all the different braille displays and all of their features and there are some quite nice tables at the back i seem to remember with comparison by feature you know which braille displays have thumb keys and which braille displays have cursor routing and so on and so on and if you are looking to buy a braille display it's important to take some time to find out what's available whether it's going Mm. to meet your needs i would always say get your hands on braille displays and and people will be able to do that and uh, we'll give you uh, the details of Site Village a little bit later on. But this is a great place to start. If you're not sure and you find the whole world of refreshable Braille bewildering, then I think Jackie's book is probably a good starting point for a lot of people. Absolutely. I mean, it costs, what, 20 quid, something like that? And I mean, even the cheapest Braille displays will set you back 400 or so. So it's worth making that initial tiny little investment to make sure that your big investment is actually what you want it to be. Now, we all like toys. Uh, We all like new Braille toys, particularly. And it feels like the toy industry has been quite busy over the summer. We have uh, from Lego Accessible Instructions, which is fascinating in itself. But they have also produced a version of Braille to represent Braille characters. So this, if you imagine the regular Braille brick uh, you know, the two by four, the classic uh, Braille brick with the, the eight studs on top. And so if you imagine some of those studs are just completely flattened. So using that technique, Braille have produced a set of Braille letters. And I think this is intended to get people sort of started on the road to using Braille. I don't think anyone's suggesting that you're going to read all your Braille in Lego. I think the idea is that this would be an educational tool. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting initiative because, like you say, Lego looks a little bit like Braille anyway. I don't think the Braille bricks are actually available yet, are they? But New College Worcester have done some testing and RNIB have done some testing and I think there's some testing going on in America as well and they're looking to launch, is it early 2020 they're looking to launch the bricks? Yeah, I I think initially the idea is that uh, the bricks will go out to schools with some learning resources but i know there is an appetite for people wanting to buy these so hopefully that can happen my understanding is that uh, this was a project of the lego foundation and there are rules that govern what they can and cannot do in terms of selling commercial products so that may make bringing this to market a little bit more complicated than perhaps it ought to be so watch this space i think is the answer on that one 
Also, Mattel have released a Braille version of Uno. So Uno is a card game, very simple, a sort of matching card game that you can play with your kids. And I know that uh, Mrs. Williams, she likes to uh, just do the Braille herself, actually. We've got various sets of Uno where... Emma has added Braille, literally just uh, put the card in the Perkins and just Brailled on it. But apparently there is now an official Braille Uno. And I understand it is available in the US. Not sure if it's available in the UK. No, I must admit, I'm not sure either. But if it's not available now, it certainly will be soon. We've got Braille regular playing cards, haven't we? And we've got Braille Happy Families and... I'm sure we've got some other Braille card games on the market, Braille Monopoly. So, I mean, it won't be too long before we get Braille Uno. And it's really good just to see because it's the sort of thing that when you're on a family holiday, you would take your Braille cards with you of whatever sort they are because they're small and they fit in a suitcase. And it's a very easy way of making card games accessible to a lot of people. Well, exactly. Inclusive, I think, is the word. Now, can you believe it that the month after next will be Christmas. And we hear that the UK's first Braille advent calendar has gone on sale. And this is an ethical advent calendar where the proceeds go towards supporting various charities. What do you think about this, Matthew? Well, I'm really excited about it because, of course, it's been created in part by somebody from Warwickshire, which is near where I live. So I'm very proud to be near where this thing was initiated. And uh, I think it's interesting. It's a bit pricey at nearly £30. I'm not sure it's quite going to compete with the chocolate advent calendar that you can pick up for, well, a pound or two pound or, or a fiver, you know. But again, it's good. And I think people who are minded to donate to charity probably will buy it because it's unique and different. And, well, it made £100,000 last year when it didn't have Braille on it. So they're hoping to make even more this year now that it does have Braille. And finally, if you would like to connect with other Brailleists or get your hands on some of the Braille displays that are discussed in Jackie's book, or even discover new and interesting uh, ways of learning Braille, then why not pop along to Site Village Southeast, uh, which will be held at the Kensington Town Hall on the 5th and 6th of November. And uh, I was looking at this, Matthew, they've extended the hours on the Tuesday. Site Village is going to be open until 6pm. That's right. It's not quite extended because they're not opening till 11 o'clock in the morning on the Tuesday, are they? Uh, But yeah, open till 6, which I think is really interesting and really good for people who are at work. So I'm expecting, I'm going to be there with the Brailleists, of course, and um, I'm expecting a deluge of people at five o'clock when people are trying to come home from work and can't get through rush hour. Although having said that, if they live on and work on the other side of the city, then perhaps they'll get caught in rush hour and be too late. But uh, no, it is really good, isn't it? Well, let's hope people turn up in great numbers. I uh, I hope I can still stand. I'm running a marathon between now and then. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to be continued. Well, that's it. Thank you very much, Matthew. Um, nice little summary of what's going on in the world of Braille at the moment. And don't forget, of course, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, if there's something that you feel we should be doing, then do drop us a line. News at brailcast.com. I've been Dave Williams and I've been Matthew Horsepool and uh, until next time from all of us on the team bye for now